friends, and welcome to a 0% intimidating episode of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick, out on the East Coast here in Halifax. It's beautiful outside, and by beautiful I mean extremely muggy and cloudy, which is pretty typical for the Maritimes. But way, way out west is Justin Anderson, sitting in beautiful Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. How you doing, Justin? How's your week? How you doing? I'm doing well, man. Week is great, you know. It's uh, awesome to see uh, the Blue Jays finish up strong, uh, taking two to three against Baltimore. I wish we could have gotten that third one to, to overtake the Yankees, but we'll talk about why I'm actually happy that we finished where we did here, here shortly. But I'm doing well, man. It's uh, end of the month. I work in sales, so going to be a couple of long days these next two as I try to wrap up a strong September. Finish strong, man. Always be Finish closing. Uh, ABC. That's right. Well, as usual, you guys could check us out. Uh, we are on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash badflips and maple dips, although we don't use it anymore. Uh, we are on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Check us out on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Still not on Nexopia. I don't know why, Justin, you're lagging on that. But, hey, man, uh, I've got so much on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> so you can check us out on all those uh, forms of media. Uh, thanks for taking the time to check out the episode. We're going to be talking playoffs today with our good friend of the show. Guess who's back, guys? It's Chris Henderson, a.k.a. Baseball for Brains on the Twitter machine. You guys know him. He's the brains behind the Jays Journal blog uh, as the co-editor and contributor, as well as an outstanding Canadian musician. Welcome back, Hendo. Every time I get an intro like that, it just incentivizes me to come back again. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been? How's, it, how's, how's quarantine treating you? Oh, you know, as I, I've said to many people, I'm just still living the dream. It's just turned into a bit of a nightmare. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know the feeling. Uh, so... <laughs> Before we get into it, we are on the precipice of declaring a Stanley Cup champion in baseball. We like you to talk ho- about. Don't you mean in hockey? In hockey, that's right. Oh, <laughs> take a shot. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the NHL is wrapping up their little bubble uh, quarantine season. Uh, who do you guys think is going to take the cup? Is it going to be Tampa Bay, and is it going to be tonight, or is it going to be Game Seven, or are the Dallas Stars going to pull off the ultimate upset? And uh, steal a cup away. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned which teams were in it because I didn't know until then. So <laughs> I have no idea. I'm going to pass on this one. <laughs> okay. Hendo, what are your thoughts? <laughs> you know what? Uh, I'm not a pile bit. I mean, I knew who was in it and I was aware of where they're going. I do think Tampa Bay will likely finish it off. But, you know, I'm kind of I'm with you. In terms of, I, I just couldn't get back into hockey when it restarted this year. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a Leafs fan, so that Me was too. part of it. Um, <laughs> that was certainly a huge part of why I couldn't get back into it. But uh, but no, I think Tampa Bay will finish it up tonight. The, yeah, I mean, I honestly like. I hope it's Tampa. I, I'd like to see. I'd like to see them taken home. I mean, I haven't really watched any of the finals. I was kind of I kind of checked out after the last Canadian team was eliminated and then it's baseball season boys. Yeah. Once baseball yeah. starts, um I kind of check out of hockey anyway. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I guess we'll just leave it behind. We'll say uh, <laughs> go Tampa. Hopefully uh hopefully you guys can uh, pull out the Stanley Cup championship. Uh but that's the only time I'm going to be cheering a Tampa team 
Because guess yeah. what, guys? The Blue Jays finished 32 and 28, finish off the 60 game shortened season. Uh, good for eighth seeding in the American League, which is weird because we had a better record than the Houston Astros, who finished yeah. sixth. So once again, the cheaters get their way. No, I, yeah. understand. <laughs> I understand. It's uh, there's a specific reason, but it you know you can't help but hate on the Astros. So absolutely. Case, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just in case uh, any of you out there are interested. Uh, that's actually the 11th best record in MLB this season, 32 and 28, which is four games above 500, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, some notable accomplishments by our players. Uh, Guriel uh, led the the team in batting average with 308, uh, who was outstanding. He only missed three games. I was very impressed with him this year, uh, and I'm excited to see what he'll do in a full season where he's not injured or playing terribly. Uh, Hendo, was there anybody who, who stuck out for you as far as our statistic leaders this year? Anybody you're excited about? Oh, there's lots of people that I was very excited about. I mean, I, Ryu was everything that we could have asked him to be. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a shortened season, but he proved himself to be an ace and made the transition to the American League in a weird schedule. I mean, I guess, I don't know, can you say he transitioned to the American League? But he pitched well against the Yankees and, and Red Sox and you know those opportunities that he had. Um, so he was huge for me. Um, and the other guy that just really stuck out is, I mean, there was, there's plenty of examples, but to me, if I was going to name a team MVP, if it wasn't Ryu, then I would say BGO. And uh, his his numbers just aren't as flashy as some of the other guys, but I mean, he was just consistently in the lineup, did whatever he was asked every day. And, and I don't think this team's anywhere near where they finished without him. Man, Hendo, we might be soulmates, man. (laughs) (laughs) Leafs fans picking Biggio. I we did an we did an episode last week, and Patrick and I kind of MVPs. He picked Ryu, and I picked Biggio. Well, Uh, I think those are both good choices, boys. Yeah, you're both both smart. You said what I just said. Oh man, yeah, I I'm a huge Kevin Biggio fan. I bought his his jersey with the the new powder blues this year. Nice. Nice. Yeah, just it actually just came like this week, and then he hit he hit a home, it was a game where he hit a home run too, so I felt really felt responsible for that. Given See, the boost he did. <laughs> I may have talked about this on a previous episode with you guys, but I don't buy jerseys of current players I anymore because I I curse them. Like I bought yeah. I bought Ricky Romero, I bought Brett Ooh. Lowry, I Ooh. bought you know I just don't I won't do that to anybody. So I'd love to have a Vigio jersey or a Bichette <laughs> or even a Vlad Jr., but I. Nope, I can't. I can't curse them, man. I, I cursed. Uh, <laughs> I cursed Brandon Morrow for sure back in the yeah, day. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I did buy my Jose Bautista jersey like two years after he was like the home run hit nice. king. So I was like, I feel like I got on that bandwagon like at the perfect time as he was yeah. starting to fall into irrelevance. See, my last jersey <laughs> I bought was Joe Carter because I figure I can't really. Curse baseball career Curse anymore. So. Yeah, no. Can't do wrong with Joe Carter. The only yeah. jersey I've ever bought for the Jays is uh, Josh Donaldson. I bought it after he was like long after he was dealt because <laughs> it was either Sport Check or National Sports or something like that. Had it on for like fifteen dollars, and I was like, "This is a you perfectly good jersey." You can't yeah. nod, yeah, at that price. Yeah, and like I love JD. I hope he continues to have a, a great career, even though he's no longer a Jay. But, but yeah. not against us in the playoffs. Uh, yes, especially not against us in the playoffs. Uh, but we're just going to get right into our main event today, boys. Uh, it's going to be a tale of the tape between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays. They are our first round opponents. They finished first in the American League. Got some fearsome pitching. There's a lot to talk about. But before we get into the tale of the tape uh, per se, 
I did want to see if you guys had anything to say reflecting back on the season series. The Rays, of course, won it uh, six wins to four. Uh, They never beat us by more than three runs uh, in any of their games. All the games were tight except for the blowout uh, where we beat them 12 to four, and that was an absolute drumming. Uh, Anyone have any passing thoughts on the regular season series before we get right into it? Yeah, I'll I'll jump in on that one right away. If they're, you know, we could pick on Charlie Montoyo for a lot of Mm -hmm. things this year, but I think to me it felt like a lot of his questionable decisions came against Tampa Bay. Um, in some of those games and so to play them six to four um, you know over 10 games like you said to only lose by three or less runs on the majority of those games every game they played with the Rays this year was tight and um, you know and not to like blame Montoya but uh, there were a couple of moments during games against those where there was questionable decisions that were bullpen or yeah you know whether I think that Biggio hit eighth I think against the Rays <laughs> when he when he was I think that was against Tampa when you know so I really think that um as far as a one-eight matchup, I, I think it's uh, about as, you know, not to say that Tampa is not a strong number one team because they certainly are, but uh, they the Blue Jays played them a lot better, and it feels like this this group um, doesn't have the same curse against them like the Batista Donaldson uh, core that was in Toronto a few years back, where it felt like if we went to the Trop, we we're going to get our butt handed to us. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think because we played the Rays so early in the season, we haven't seen them for like six weeks. Yeah. So it's it's tough to say really how we match up now. Obviously, our team is 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 pretty healthy, um, and those mistakes that we made against them were, were really in the early games too. And like obviously the Yamaguchi going in the tenth inning of that one game, um, right. and absolutely getting shellacked. Um, I think that allowed really Montoyo to figure out that yeah, this guy's not a high pressure reliever for me. <laughs> so I, I think the fact that we outscored the Rays 48-44, obviously that that eight run win helps. But at the same time, to to finish two games below 500 while outscoring that team, it definitely bodes well for us. The fact that we were able to put up um, those runs in those 10 games. Obviously, that's a pretty low-scoring season series, right? 4.8 to 4.4 in runs per game. So, I mean, it should be a tight series. It'll probably go three games. We'll, we'll make our predictions at the end, but that's that's what I'll say to start off anyway. Yeah, the, the last thing I'll say to tie a bow on this is that it was impressive in that the Jays were the only team to have a blowout win in this entire 10-game uh, mm-hmm. series in the regular season. Another thing... Uh, to think about, maybe to chew on while we get into this, is that Montoyo came from the Rays organization, did he not? Yeah. So, in, in a way, it kind of feels like he was trying to play chess with his former manager, Kevin Cash. Um, I don't know if he was successful, <laughs> but the Rays never beat us three times in a row. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> it, it kind of went, it kind of went Jays win, loss, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, loss, win. So, yeah. We'll, you know, if that things five times go, fast. win, loss, okay, I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> uh, it, if I were to project, I would say things appear to be headed towards a three-game series, but we'll get into it a little bit more. Um, maybe before we get into the tale of the tape, it's worth saying there's been a bit of a controversy on Twitter with regards to the starters, and mm. particularly the starter choice. Uh, so, Hendo, I just want to throw it to you. Uh, what do you think about this setup that we've got going on here? Game one is going to be Matt Shoemaker. Game two, Jin Ryu, our ace. Game three, Taiwan Walker. What are your thoughts on this? This is the kind of crap I'm talking about with Charlie 
and uh, you know, it's it's hard to rag on him too much when the team went from a 67 win year and last year to to being about 500 this year. There's a lot of good things that have happened, and he's obviously done done a lot of uh, made a lot of important adjustments with this young team. But uh, why, you know, I, I read that I read the announcement of, of the rotation for the series, and I immediately went on and wrote an article about how I think it's asinine. You know, Ryu is your ace. He's on regular rest. Even if he asked for an extra day, you say no. You, you're getting paid $20 million a year. You're going to start every four day, or every five days, whether you like mm-hmm. it or not. And if his arm's sore, then Taewon Walker could have started game one. He only threw 42 pitches this week. He threw three innings. Um, there's no way that he's not ready to take the ball game one. Uh, and I'm not ragging on Shoemaker either. It's just the guy's only made one start since coming back from the IL, and he's been injured for most of the last two years. He only, he only threw three innings and 54 pitches last week. So to expect him to succeed is, uh, you know, I am not entirely sure that that's fair. Uh, I would be fine with him starting game three. But, you know, the whole idea that, well, yeah, but then Robbie Ray will come in right after him. And uh, Okay, but is that better than Taewon Walker or Ryu? I I, I don't get it. I think it's ridiculous, but um, I hope I'm wrong, and uh, I'll <laughs> happily eat crow if I am. Yeah, I, I I agree with you based on the fact that, yeah, reuse our ace. Like, like you said, we brought him in to pitch in these meaningful games to start our season opener, to start game one of the playoffs. In a regular season, he would be starting like a one-game wild card play-in for us too, most likely. Um, but in this case, I I understand why the Jays are doing this. Um, Shoemaker's numbers against lefties are pretty good. He's he's thrown more innings or thrown to more lefties this season than he has against righties. He's only he's only given up a 194 batting average. Yeah, but I know you can't you I can't know. talk about sample sizes from this of year. 16 innings. Guy, yeah, yeah 16, 16 innings. innings. I totally agree, agree with what you're saying too. But I mean, even over his career, his numbers against lefties are pretty good. From 2014 when he was healthy. From his whole, ca- his about? whole, his whole career. <laughs> I'm looking at his whole career. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've now I'm just uh, you know I, I I like Shoemaker and I actually you know I'd be happy with him starting Game Three. I just I don't. This yeah, is, I I agree that he's that he's he's definitely the Game Three guy. I think what the Jays are trying to do here is it's maybe steal a game against Blake Snell. We've we've roughed him up a couple times already this year. And if you don't have to burn Hunjin Ryu in, in game one, you've got him as a potential clincher or as a guy to keep us alive and then get it to Taiwan Walker for game three. And I do think that Taiwan Walker matches up um, better against Charlie Morton than against uh, Tyler Glasnow. Yeah, I think Morton's had a, a bad counter. season. Yeah, I think I think Ryu's a better counter. But the thing is, we got to get to that game three now, right? So whereas right. before, if you start Walker and Ryu game one, two, then you're you don't you have to get the shoemaker then so I, right. I can well see I mean, I mean I'll put argument. it to you this I'll put it to you this way do you think Buck Showalter wishes he used Zach Britton <laughs> in, in 2016 because if we lose the first two games we're gonna sit back and go God I wish Taiwan Walker would have made a start if we if we lose the first two games the guy only had a one three seventy RA since he joined yeah. Toronto <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I, I like I agree with all the points that are coming up here. But at the same time, this is a gravy round for us. Like we've already exceeded expectations. I understand. Like if you go for it, you go for it. Uh, Ryu probably should have started game one. And if you're gonna do this little galaxy brain maneuver, maybe have Shoemaker do game two. That way Walker has the the clinch game. But 
Tampa has just such a strong rotation and Charlie Morton could go out there and just absolutely rock us. So I, I, it's, it is a very high risk, high reward move. I don't know that it's going to pay off. If it does great. If it doesn't, well then we're definitely going to be back at the end of the season complaining about Charlie Montoya again. <laughs> hey, and as, as long as it doesn't bat Biggio eighth, we'll be fine. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, one last thing before we get to the tail of the tape, guys. Uh, this is a really cool quote that came from Bo Bichette. Uh, he was asked whether or not facing the Rays, who were, like I said, first in the American League, whether or not it was intimidating for the Jays. And he said that they do everything well. They're a great team. But he also added, quote, I would say that it's 0% intimidating. I love stuff like this. What are your thoughts on Bo Bichette going into this uh, playoff round? Start with you, Hendo. He's exactly the kind of, you know, young leader that you're looking for. I, I think the Blue Jays have such a great nucleus of young leaders between the the calculated bravado of Bichette and the quiet example that Biggio sets. And, you know, I just love that these guys are fearless. You know, Alejandro up at 21 years old, never even having had an at-bat in double-A. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just finds a way to just be a threat. And so these guys just... And that's part of, you know, I wrote an article a few days back. Um, you, you used the term gravy uh, earlier on, and that's the same kind of, I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, they, there's no expectations for them in this round. They're supposed to go, they weren't supposed to make the playoffs, and and uh, 99 out of 100 people will pick the race to beat them. So all they can do is go in and surprise people and defy expectations. And if they fall flat on their face, I don't think anyone's going to think less of them. Other than, you know, Blue Jay Nation. We'll pick on them for a few for Blue a little Jay's while Twitter. before we move yeah. over it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. But, um, you know, you look at the Denver Nuggets. They had the same kind of attitude where Jokic said, you know, we're not we're not supposed to be here and there's no pressure on us. And I think that's a great place for the for these kids to be in. They can go in there and just have fun, enjoy the experience of playoff baseball. And uh, that kind of no pressure, um, just play the game attitude is going to go a long way, I think, because the Rays will definitely feel the pressure that they have to beat the Blue Jays. 100% agree with you. Yeah. So I, I just feel like if we can, if we can get this first game tomorrow, there is a chance that the series could be pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be interesting either way. And we'll talk about why right now we're going to get right into the tail of the tape, guys. I kind of broke it down into four sections. We're going to talk about uh, hitting from a contact perspective, hitting from a power perspective, because in this case, uh, it's two kind of different stories. Uh, starting pitching and, of course, relievers and bullpen. I'll try not to go too deep into the weeds when it comes to stats, but let's get right into it. We'll start off with uh, hitting and contact. Uh, the Blue Jays finished 12th uh, in MLB with a 256 team batting average, which was a dramatic improvement. Huge. Huge improvement from 2019. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our key guys who are part of the core or the youth core movement, whatever you want to call it, uh, had significant gains when it came to how they were uh, hitting this year. Uh, Guriel managed to bring up his average 31 points. Uh, Biggio came up 16 points. Grichuk up 41 points. Teoscar Hernandez up 60 points. Um, you know, we get it. It's a short se season. It's easier to kind of fake it till you make it. Uh, but guys, their OBP went from 305, which was 27th in the league, to 326 which was, again, good for 12th. 
this is a major factor when it comes to the team's ability to generate runs. Uh, if we look in opposition, Tampa, boy, uh, their team average is only 237, good for 21st. And they had a lot of guys who underperformed at the plate this year. They do tend to have more players playing more games. They kind of spread it out a little bit. But guys like Hunter Renfro, Michael Perez, Yochi Sutsugo, uh, all below 200. Austin Meadows just over the Mendoza line. And veteran Kevin Kiermeyer just slightly above with uh, 217 batting average. Uh, who do you guys think has the advantage when it comes to contact hitting? Is it going to be Tampa Bay and their ability to field uh, multiple guys and having a lot of depth coming off the bench? Or is it going to be the Jays who have these young bucks who are constantly improving? Endo, what are your thoughts? You know, it's funny when you look at the look at the stats for the Rays this year because, you know, as you've kind of alluded to, they're not the dangerous offensive force you'd expect from a number one seed. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the playoffs are a totally different animal. And when it comes to the Jays, I mean, in theory, I, I think I like the Blue Jays better than the Rays um, on a normal day. But um, until we see how they all, how everything plays out in the playoffs, it's amazing how some guys just seem to step it up then. Um and, and the Rays seem to perform better against the Blue Jays. So, um, <laughs> overall, I, I like I like Toronto's uh, offense better, but, um, but it's tough. Too. <laughs> yeah, That's for great. sure. I, uh, I'm with you there, too. I, I think that the Jays do have the more, I think, um, dangerous offense in spurts. We've seen the Jays put up so many big innings this year. I think the consistency of Tampa Bay is what sets them apart. They're they're able to go out there every inning and put up two or three, whereas the Jays kind of seem to score five or six in a burst um, and be shut down for other games where they'll maybe get three hits. So it's it's really tough to say what plays out. Obviously, one bad game in a three game series kind of sinks you. Whether it's in game one or game two, you're probably you're probably sunk if you have a bad game. So I think. Um, Really, the Jays need to jump out early against Blake Snell and be aggressive. Don't let him establish anything in game one. And that could really set the tone for the series if they're able to start getting some hits right away and get that keep the train rolling mentality going. Yeah, well, as good as they were in the in the regular season, you know, playoff ball is a different animal. And mm. I sincerely doubt Blake Snell is going to be doing anything but what he normally does, which is not walk guys and <laughs> take that approach at the plate where this where he's just mowing guys down. So. Hey man, the trap's going to be packed too. There's going to be a lot of fans there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'll be dress up like a seat in the stands night uh, for all, <laughs> all three games. Uh, I give the edge to Toronto and I think it's pr fairly significant when it comes to contact. Um, I just think we have more, uh, more, hit, more hitters who can hit the ball better, which is like a, a very dumbass way of just saying they hit better. But, you know, uh, some food for thought, though. Um, the thing that really impresses me about these Jays is that they had a couple guys who improved so dramatically in the form of Grichuk and Hernandez. And I think those guys are going to be the X factor because I think Kavan's going to do what he normally does. Uh, Guriel, Guerrero, Bichette, they're going to be who they normally are, hitting close to 300. Uh, and then, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see whether or not Grichik and Hernandez can continue the momentum into the into the playoffs. So advantage Toronto. We're all in agreement. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's talk about power. Uh, Toronto had 196 extra base 
hits, uh, including 88 home runs, while the Rays had 197 with only 80 home runs. Uh, if we look at power and how it stacks up, the Jays appear to have a lot more uh, when it comes to uh, players who, who generate more uh, extra base hits. Uh, Tampa, again, has a lot more depth spread out. So are we just in agreement? We're going to give the advantage again to Toronto, Endo? Oh, I think the uh, one thing that I failed to mention in the last section that we were talking about was Austin Meadows doesn't look like he's going to be healthy enough to play. And uh, when I look at the Rays lineup, to me, he's the guy that scares me the most um, mm. on offense, both on power and, and even, frankly, on, on batting average as well. And um, so I think that's a huge advantage. But I also, you know, the one thing that I do like for the Blue Jays as well against the Rays pitching is that um, I like them against left-handers. You know, Vlad uh, Jr. seems like he's more comfortable. Uh, Gurriel Jr. at times just seems like he's waiting to tee off on lefties. So when you look at the potential of getting Snell and Glasnow in the series, um, I like the Blue Jays' offense against left-handed pitching. Totally. And uh, just one key stat to throw out there before we uh, start talking about the pitching. The Jays hit 277 with runners in scoring position this year, which was up significantly from 239 a year before. They went from being a bottom three team to a top, uh, basically just outside the top five when it comes to uh, cashing in the runs, which is why, again, I think the power and the contact of the Jays is very scary. I think Tampa needs to be taking that lineup very seriously. So uh, moving on to starting pitching. Um, what do you guys think when it comes to starting pitching? Who has the edge? Is it Tampa or Toronto? Justin? I think it's clearly the Rays in this situation. Obviously, they've got a, uh, a former Cy Young award winner in Blake Snell starting game one. Um, and Tyler Glasnow looks looks as dangerous as anybody at times. And I do believe that, that yeah, Charlie Morton might have had a rough um, season stats-wise. But, yeah, he's been so good in the past. Obviously, he was a big for Houston uh, and he was really good last season too. So I, I'm 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 thinking that Charlie Morton, like you said before, he could could come out and just light it up against us and not give up anything. Uh, and they have so much depth depth too. Like we saw even like Ryan Yarbrough have a great starts against us mm-hmm. this season. And he's a guy that could even pitch three four innings for Tampa in like a game two or game three if one of their guys gets knocked out early. Absolutely. Um, so I I I give the definite edge in starting outside of Hunjin Ryu to. Um, to Tampa. That's not to discount what Tywin Walker's done for us, but I think just overall, Tampa's definitely got the advantage here. And thoughts, Hendo? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's. Uh, I agree, Tampa Bay has the better trio of starters, um, but I also, I think the biggest advantage here is what we've already talked about, that uh, the way the Blue Jays lined them up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hate it. I think that um, if you if you have Ryu and Walker going in game one and two, then I think the Blue Jays stack up a lot better, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page here. Uh, Tampa's got the clear advantage when it comes to the starters, uh, but none of their starters are as good as Ryu, and we'll see what Walker does if there is a game three. Again, he really should be pitching uh, before that, but it is what it is. Uh, getting into the bullpen, it's kind of weird because the Jays uh, relievers were responsible for, or they were the deciding pitcher in 22 of their games uh, this year, or 22 of their wins, rather. Uh, <laughs> when they were good, they were really good. Uh, we still have guys like Thomas Hatch, Rafael Dolis, Ryan Barucki, AJ Cole, 
and Anthony Basswall had great years. They far exceeded what was expected. And when guys like Jordan Romano and Ken Giles got hurt, they're probably not going to be, well, we know Ken Giles isn't going to be back. Romano still a question mark going into tomorrow game one. Um, the, the pen was just beat up uh, at the end of the year. And after, and when they crashed and burned, we looked like total shit. Tampa on the other hand had the fourth best pen in terms of ERA the only team that used their bullpen more than the Rays was the Red Sox, who were just <laughs> hopeless. Uh, they've got a mean bullpen, guys. Uh, Nick Anderson, John Curtis, Diego Castillo, Aaron Loop is back to haunt us. Chris <laughs> Anderson, are you? do you fear Aaron Loop? Do you think that this bullpen no. is going to be the deciding factor? I do think that this bullpen is going to be the deciding factor. The Blue Jays are going to win this series because Aaron Loop is on the Rays roster. <laughs> oh, I know, man, I I know he had a point. Uh, I was just looking at his stats because I was curious how, you know, because I remember when he came in and pitched against the Blue Jays, I just started beaking him relentlessly on Twitter. And sure enough, he shit his pants. And it was wonderful because it finally happened for for us instead of to us and uh like he had a great year from the look of things he had a point point zero point eight four whip and um but i just think he is captain shit his pants and i can't wait until he's pitching in a big situation but i mean the race have a nice a nice bullpen but i I do like the blue jays uh you know they'd be they'd be in a great spot if they had a healthy ken giles and a healthy jordan romano but but even with what they've got Anthony Bass and Rafael Delis have been um, way more than than we expected them to be this year, um, and I love the potential with a, you know adding a guy like Nate Pearson to the bullpen if he can throw two innings, mm-hmm. um, you know say say by some you know say Ryu throws five or six innings and then Pearson is the bridge to the back of the bullpen I think Oof. that's a very a very dangerous way to line up guys um, and so there you know I, I will give the edge to the Rays no I won't. I'll give the edge to the Blue Jays because of Aaron Loop's presence, but that's just like my anti-Loop baseball <laughs> fan thing coming out. Uh, you know, the the practical person in me says the Rays are the better bullpen, but as long as they employ Aaron Loop, we're gonna win. Yeah, that that point about Nate Pearson is is super interesting. I I kind of forgot about Big Nate being in there um, when we're looking through kind of the stats because obviously yeah, he has got one relief appearance. But he could be really, like, like you said, a big difference. Yeah, he can go behind uh, any of these stunning pitchers for two, th- for two to three innings. Hopefully, just two innings and just blow people away, and then give it up to somebody like Dolis or AJ Cole or Anthony Bass, and let them get more of like the ground ball balls and play kind of dealio. But yeah, that's that's a really good point. I think the key reliever for the Jays in this series is going to be Ryan Baraki. Yeah. Uh, and whether or not they add Anthony K to the playoff roster, because a couple of lefties. Um, could be huge. And I, I don't know if you guys remember, but Anthony K came in in one of those early trop games and got out of a bases loaded jam against the Rays too. So he's, he's got some, he's had a little bit of success. Obviously he struggled before we optioned him down the, to the alternate site, but he could be a guy that could be added to that playoff roster um, because he's, because of the hand he throws with. And I think that could be big against Tampa Bay. So I'm, I'm going to give the edge to the Jays as well here. I'm in disagreement with you guys. This Tampa Bay bullpen is mean. They've got three guys who have 14 or more appearances who have an ERA below two. Nick Anderson had a renaissance season. I just couldn't believe 
when I looked at the numbers, he had a 0 0.55 ERA. <laughs> Just absolutely vicious. Uh, I'm scared of them more than I'm scared of anything else on the, the Rays team. But that being said, I've got a bold prediction for you guys. Out of the, all those guys that I mentioned before, I'm going to say that at least three of Hatch, Dolis, Baraki, Cole, Bass, and Anthony Kay are going to pitch in game one. And that's been the plan the entire time. And we just don't know it. I think there's a secret secret uh, idea brewing that's going to try to throw off the Rays. And it's going to involve switching between lefty and righty. Uh, once Shoemaker leaves the game, which is going to be very early, I think he gets three innings tops. And that's when you're going to see the lefties come in. And then they're going to switch yeah, back yeah. over to a guy like uh, Rafael Dolis. And then maybe back over to a lefty, and then Thomas Hatch to close it out. Something, you something know, weird yeah. like that. Yeah, and I agree with you. Um, but and I don't want to mean to keep beating this dead horse over and over here again. <laughs> but does does burning out your whole bullpen in game one sound like a sound strategy, Charlie? Because that's like <laughs> I realize that they're like he's probably got matchups he likes and and everything else. But uh, I yeah, sorry, I'm just gonna keep whipping the horse until. <laughs> um, so we're done no, you're, today, but. you're totally on like we're on the same page here when it comes to that it's high risk high reward totally i i think the way that montoyo probably looks at it as i'm just gonna throw everything uh all at once uh at these guys we have three games to prove ourselves and we'll kind of sort it out when we get to the next series which is a five game series which means it's okay to have a bullpen day there in game one and you know what is it <laughs> i know oh, i know i'm trying to think like like uh don't. like the managers here it's it doesn't work don't you'll be <laughs> playing a bongo drum when you sign a new big free agent that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, it's getting to the point where like sometimes i, I feel like it's like it, all i'm doing is just shoving my own head up my ass <laughs> trying to, like trying to trying to be like well if we do this then we could do this and do this and it's like well that's not how baseball has ever been done before and tampa has yeah. yet to prove that this system works and i don't think the jays are going to be the team to prove this system works either no so. you know i spent so many years defending john gibbons and i will continue to do that i still love gibby and i tried to take the same attitude with montoyo and I wouldn't say things publicly when I was thinking them, but I, and I have a hard time because we've had a successful year with the Blue Jays, but he just drives me nuts with things like this. I just, it's, uh, you know, I hope he's right. And then, well, yeah, no, I do hope he's right. Obviously, I, I would rather them win than be right, but, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, just, I just don't How get very it. selfless of you. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank you. Thanks. You got to do something in 2020, you know. Well, we're at the end of the road, boys. Uh, let's just call it now. What are your predictions? Justin, we'll start with you. Uh, who's taking this one? How many games? Jason two. Wow. You're Easy. just going you're just going right for it. Jason two. Easy. No chance. All right. Wow. <laughs> uh, do you want to give us like five words or less on why that's gonna happen? Jason two. <laughs> All right. Well. I got nothing else to say. It's gonna happen. Um, we've got the lineup. We've got the we've got the offense to take it take the wood to Blake Snell in Game One, and make Tampa burn their bullpen out for Game mm. Two. All right, I'm into that. Uh, Hendo, who you got and how many? I uh, I tweeted out my predictions for the first round yesterday, and I picked the Jays in three. You know what? I I think uh, the Rays 
in 2020, I, I'll go, I, you know, I'll take my bias hat off and say the Rays are a better team than the Blue Jays in 2020. Mm-hmm. I love the Blue Jays' future. I think it's brighter than probably any team in baseball. Um, right now, the Rays are a better team. But in a three-game series in this insane 2020 campaign they just played, um, and with the, no pressure on these guys, they're hitting well right before the playoffs start. I like the Blue Jays. I think they're going to win the first round. I like it. And uh, I guess to wrap it up here, I'll say for me, I thought a lot about the stats. I I looked over everything. I spent hours awake at night thinking (laughs) about every possible scenario and how how the bullpen stack up. No, in all honesty, the question just becomes, are the Jays a better hitting team than the Rays are pitchers? And the answer is yes, Jays in three. We're calling it now. The Jays are going to take this one. I think. Tampa is a paper tiger. Their lineup is not scary at all. And their pitching has to pitch way over their heads in order to be able to be competitive with even the best teams. And we took we took them to, you know, extra innings a couple times. I think we got this one, boys. I think it's going to be Jays in three. And I think we're going to win the first game. So there you go. Uh, before we wrap up here, uh, Hendo, do you have anything you want to plug? I know uh, we did talk a little bit about uh, Twitter earlier, but uh, do you want to? You want to plug your stuff? Yeah, by all means, you can find me, as you mentioned earlier on, uh, on Twitter at Baseball4Brains. The four is a number, so it's Baseball, number four, Brains. Uh, I work with Jay's Journal. We have a collection of great writers, uh, and we're always publishing content pretty much on the daily. Uh, so check us out, jaysjournal.com. And, and on the other, in my other hat, uh, as the pandemic is starting to, I don't want to say loosen a little bit around here, I have started to play a few gigs, too, and looking forward to it to recording some new music as well and, and stuff later this year. So uh, still continuing with that too. Chris Anderson, thank you so much for coming back to the show. We love having you on. You're kind of like the fifth Beatle of BFN. <laughs> kind of like the guy we love to have back on because it's so natural and seamless. Uh, it makes the job of hosting a lot easier. Thank you so much for coming back. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you letting me uh, berate you about the whole starting situation. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have you back. We're we're going to be doing some review stuff uh, when the season is over. Sure. No idea what's going to happen here, guys. We're all on the, the Jays bandwagon, though. We're going to hold on tight for all it's worth. Uh, I hope we can spend Jeff- a solid 60 seconds just making fun of how wrong I was in a year in review let's pencil that in yeah yeah uh, matt shoemaker throws a no hitter and (laughs) Uh, all right i'll say this if matt shoemaker throws a no hitter i will buy a matt shoemaker jersey and powder blue the day it happens and i will show you the receipts i will detail uh, an entire 300 page package of loose leaf paper if matt shoemaker throws a no hitter (laughs) <laughs> you, can, uh, you can just say whatever you want it's not going to happen yeah. but, uh, <laughs> exactly I drive my head through a concrete wall if <laughs> throws in oh over. yeah you gotta hear first here first folks if he can throw nine <laughs> innings i'll be like yeah totally if he gets five innings that would be amazing yeah but anyway yeah I, that, that's probably his cap anyway but uh for justin anderson out in saskatoon for Chris Henderson and Parts Unknown, I'm not actually sure where you are right now. I'm assuming it's in Saskatchewan, but I could be you wrong. Bet. You bet. Parts Unknown, Saskatchewan sounds about right. I'm in a small town called Wilcox. Nice. Well, you guys are out in Saskatchewan. I'm here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. 
I survived the hurricane and now uh, we're, we're getting ready to go into the playoffs. Uh, Bad Flips and Maple Dips, check us out. Twitter, Spotify, Anchor, Stitch in, or Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Google Podcasts or Google Play, all the Google machines. Uh, Hendo, do you got anything you want to uh, give us for an outro here? Oh, yeah. Boy, put him on the spot. I should, prob- I should probably have uh, had it. You know, <laughs> I want to be clever, though. That's a thing. Is, uh, China Doll. That seems like a good outro song, Ooh, is it not? Good one. Yeah, that's all great. right. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll be here for every game. Uh, after every game, Justin and I are going to sit down and do a quick little review or recount for you. Um, I'm sure the hype machine will be at full blast. So get ready to hear guys getting thrown into the sun, getting the yank, uh, or uh, maybe some, uh, some applause or some love. Who knows? But everybody uh, signing out. Peace.